Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. It's me, G, and as usual I'm joined by Betty and Ola. Hello. And we're also very, very lucky this week to be joined by the lovely Melissa Teo from Bang Book Club. How are you, Mel? Woo! I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. good. Thank you. Surviving, existing, another week, more reading. Right. <laughs> and yeah, the, so the reason why we've got Mel on this week is because she has been very vocal about her love of the books that we are going to be discussing this week. So we're going to be doing the Bittersweet Symphony duet by Kate Stewart. So that's Drive and Reverse. Reverse came out not too long ago. And oh my God, the two of them together. It's just, it's a, it's a roller coaster. It's a, it's a ride. That's what that's it called. is a ride. Alrighty. So I'll just get us started with a little bit of a summary of the plot of the two books. Uh, if you haven't read the books yet, please, this is the time to pause and go and read it now because this is going to give away a lot of plot just because it's so hard to explain reverse without sort of it like spoiling all of drive. Okay. So basically The story begins in the present day and is told through a series of flashbacks that our main character Stella is having and it's been sort of triggered by the music that she's listening to while she's on a road trip and so she decided to go on a road trip because she was like out of town working because her best friend Lexi calls her and she's like I'm on a blind date I'm at his wedding and then we're like oh my god who is he and so Stella's sort of (laughs) oh my god who is it Stella is sort of like emotionally thrown by this so she misses her flight she's like I just need to drive you know I just need to drive get it get it get into my head a little bit and she's listening to all these songs that bring all the memories back and so we learn about past Stella as a young woman in 2005 who had recently moved to Austin Texas in order to go to university and then eventually fulfill her dreams of becoming a music journalist and then through her sister Paige who she's living with at the time she meets Reed Crown a starving and tortured music musician and at first, Stella really doesn't like him. There's like a lot of animosity there. But over time, she sort of begins to see how much he's really struggling and begins to fall for him. And so they sort of have a brief whirlwind relationship, which like her sister doesn't support. A lot of the people around them doesn't don't support just because Reed is in such like a messed up space. And so that eventually ends when Reed has to go back home to look after his parents who have health issues and they're also alcoholics. And so the end of their relationship just like ruins Stella and it takes ages for her to sort of get get her spunk back she's like a very like sparky girl she's yeah she's very fiery very emotional and so along the way she begins to work for this guy Nate Butler who he's like this gorgeous charming newspaper owner who she'd previously interviewed with and so the two of them begin a relationship which spans several years and ultimately ends up in their engagement. So as Stella is sort of falling in love again and getting into this with Nate, uh, Reed's band has been signed because of an article that Stella wrote and she's sort of watching them rise to fame as well. And so one night Nate and Stella go to a gig at like a local club in Austin, like it was sort of like an old stomping ground and 
lo and behold, the Dead Sergeants, which are Reed's band, are playing and Reed sings like her favorite song. It's like crazy emotional. She's there with Nate, but she lets go of his hand, goes up to the stage. She's crying. She runs backstage. They kiss. God, that tore my then Reed, heart out. It was so much. Just like a tiny bit. Oh. Yeah. I was like, fuck, but, I don't know what to feel right now. Yeah. But then Reed sees that she's wearing this engagement ring and he's like, what the fuck? And so he leaves and then she's like, fuck, I am engaged. <laughs> and so <laughs> runs <You> home. <laughs> yeah, Nate's already left. She goes home. He's like super upset. They end up, he ends up leaving. Their engagement ends up sort of falling apart. And she, Stella, makes the decision to sort of move to Seattle and make her own way in the world for a while and follow her dreams. Because until this point, like, because she had wanted to travel and write about music and with being with Nate because he owned a paper that just sort of stuck in one place and she was just sort of at a bit of a stuck point in her career. And so she makes Seattle her home and she decides to put down roots and she goes out house shopping and lo and behold, completely coincidentally, Reed is there as well with one of his bandmates who's looking at the house. And it is, it's sort of like one of these fateful moments. The book is filled. It's meet cute. It's, a, it's like a meet cute. But it's, it's like, like a, a delayed cute. meet cute. Yeah, yeah. The book is filled because like Stella's super, super, super superstitious. She's really super superstitious, and she believes a lot in like signs and fate. And so she kind of sees this as like a really fateful moment, and they end up reconciling and getting married. And then, so we find out eventually that the like him, his wedding, who was getting married that Lexi had referred to at the start of the book was Nate. And so Stella just needed some time to sort of like acknowledge her feelings for that but when she gets home to read you know she realizes that she's made the right choice and they live happily ever after that was that's, an amazing that's synopsis drive. i feel like i, I understand really everything hard. that happened that that was very good that was I very good so hard i my i know that my synopsis for reverse is not going to be as good because okay. it's almost twice the length and a lot it's happened a so i am going to skate over I'm going to skate over a lot of plot points in this one. Also because I don't want to like spoil all the fun. Like a lot, a lot more happens in Drive and it's a great read. Like read it, please. All right. So Reverse begins like 20 something years after Drive has ended. And it focuses on Natalie Butler, who is the daughter of Nate and his wife, Eddie, who was the woman in question that Nate was marrying in the previous book. And then Easton, it's also, so it's Natalie Butler and then Easton Crown, who's the son of Stella and Reed from the first book. And so Natalie is like digging, she works at the newspaper with her dad. She's digging through old archives and she finds old email threads between her dad, Nate and Stella from when they were in the relationship. And she has no idea that they were even in a relationship. At this point, Stella is a really famous writer. There was, she wrote a movie about her life, which was released and her dad's just like not really included in it at all. And so Natalie is like super confused she starts to question the validity of her parents marriage and starts to think that like because the love between them is so evident in these emails that her dad might have settled for Eddie her mum so she's super confused so as she goes to Seattle to meet with Easton Crown Stella and Reed's son sort of to see if like to get information to dig up some dirt under false pretenses because he's in, he's about to release his first ever album there's been like a lot of speculation so she sort of like cons him into this interview under false pretenses because he's very anti-media but over the time that they spend together I think she's only there for about like three or four days um 
they sort of begin to really bond and get to know one another and sort of begin to fall for each other as well, which culminates in them having sex right before she has to go home. But she decides that they can't be together because it would be too too hard on their parents. But then so eventually they end up together anyway because he's touring, he comes to surprise her, and then they just sort of fall into this pattern of being in a relationship but keeping it secret from everybody that's around them. Except for one guy, Joel, who's Easton's bodyguard. Joel he's knows actually everything. my favourite in all of this, I have to say. Yeah. He's yeah. the most he's level-headed nice. person in that fucking book. <laughs> yeah. And then so eventually they so they and then they elope they elope in vegas after like four months of being together it was like just outside of vegas in the desert arizona yeah about like four months after being together and then it gets out so it makes headlines everywhere because by this point easton's quite famous so they haven't even told their parents that they are even aware of each other's existence and it ends up with reed and nate showing up and just shit just hits the fan natalie goes home with nate um Reed Reed takes Easton home as well. It's all just a big mess. It's just crazy. And they sort of they sort of agree. They're like, we're like, we'll just we'll go home and we'll fix everything with like our parents and our lives, but like we'll be together. But after like a little while, like time starts to go on and Easton starts to feel a bit neglected because Natalie is really focusing on repairing her relationship with Nate because that's just been kind of destroyed. And so it all just sort of like comes to a screaming halt when we find out that uh, Nate has like sort of commissioned his law, like his company's lawyers or whatever, to draw up divorce papers for Natalie and Easton. And the divorce company has exited, ex- like the lawyers have accidentally sent them out. And so Easton thinks that this is Natalie filing for divorce and it just all crumbles apart. It just turns into a shit show. And then it like they're apart for so long. Like, this long happens time. maybe like just over halfway in the book and then they don't get back together until like literally almost the end it's just so much happens i I can't go through it all again because i'm still emotionally recovering from it (laughs) but it does have a happy ending through like a massive mental breakdown for about five hours because the book is 10 hours long yeah traumatized traumatized Traumatized. and it was just like it just kept going like the agony was just like fuck just make it end is it gonna oh, it happen terrible. now yeah and it was no, like every that... every time they'd see each other or like run into each other or have anything to do with each other they would just like be like the like angry so the anger would just get the better of them and nothing would get resolved and it just kept on getting drawn out and drawn out Jesus. and i feel like we're all at the bit of we're all kind of at the end of our ropes by the end of it i'm not i'm not yeah. gonna lie it was it's a lot yeah it was it's pretty grueling yeah but it did have a happy ending I don't know. Well, thank what fuck for that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, after everything that you go through, you'd fucking hope so. Otherwise, you may as well just not read it because you're just going to put yourself <laughs> through torture. Christ. All right. I think now we'll take it in turns to. That was like a super long <laughs> to read it. I had to rate it. I was, yeah. I was like, oh, we already read it. We already read the book. That's why we're doing this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a really long-winded summary. So we'll take it in turns to rate it. So I'm going to start, and I think I'll give Drive a five because I love Drive. I read Drive a wee while ago before I even knew Reverse was coming out, and I think even as a standalone, it's an amazing book. And I think I'm going to give Reverse maybe a four just because it was just, I feel like just because I am comparing it to Drive maybe, so it doesn't quite hit that 
that five star mark for me. How about you, Betty? Um, Drive was definitely a five. I really love that book. It stirred something up in me reading it. Um, and then reverse, yeah, it's like a four or five stars. Like it's it's not as I can't put it on the same level as Drive because I feel like when you read Drive for the first time, it just awakens something. So it will always be my favorite. But Reverse is still such an amazing book. Um, I'm gonna be the odd one out because I freaking hate angsty books. Okay, on Goodreads, I gave them both. I think four or five stars, but for me personally, for my personal preference, I give them both three and one of the stars is dropped by angst because I fucking hate angst. <laughs> so if you don't like angst, don't read the fucking books. What about you, Mel? What would you rate them? Oh boy. And I live for angst. And most people know that. And I'm drive, And Drive happens to be my favorite book of all time. Um, I'm just putting that out there. So, um, yeah, drive I'm gonna guess is... it's a two yes yes <laughs> yes like if I could you know like if yeah I would give you know if Goodreads had the ability to give more than five stars for drive it would get more than five stars for me um and reverse and only because drive has this special place in my heart um you know reverse is just as good but drive drive obviously for me is a five and then some and reverse was a, is a five for me Nice, nice. There is something really special about Drive. I don't know if it's the the characters and the way that Kate Stewart writes them, but it is. I don't know. There's something about it. I swear to God, I'm on a different planet. <laughs> yeah, we have very different tastes in books. I know. Honestly, like as I said, it deserves the five. Don't get me wrong. But all I felt was like I want to eat chocolate and like cry in my shower. This is not fun. But that you did you said like photos did not of you hold crying, a special eh? place in my heart. You were, it was you were like, crying, weren't you? Oh, you, you I'll me put photos. it up on Instagram. I'll put up the photo <laughs> of me reading Drive on Instagram of how violently I was crying. Like it was, and I hate that feeling. Reverse didn't make me cry though. And you guys just read no. Drive recently, right? In the yeah, last couple of weeks, yeah. In the last yeah. I finished Reverse yesterday. I feel I did. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I finished okay. my. I finished it yesterday as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a I, long I, fucking book. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was driving when, when it came out. So, like, literally the week that Drive came out is when I, I read it. And everybody at the time was talking about this book called Drive. I had no idea who Kate Stewart was. Um, and they're like, okay. I'm like, oh, I guess I got to read it. And so I sat down and read it. And then um, I actually remember exactly where I was, what I was doing, like, my facial expressions once I hit the end of that book. And for me, I literally, I was in my family room reading the ebook, and I remember hitting the end and putting it down. And I swear to you, I fucking sat there and just stared off into space for like yeah, that was me. a couple minutes. But it felt like I just sat there and stared for twenty minutes because I was yeah. like, I, like just absorbing everything I read. And for me, obviously, I have a big connection I connected with this book because I, I'm a music lover like I grew up in a musical family so the way she incorporated music into this book like every chapter I clicked before like at the beginning of every chapter I clicked I listened to the song and then I dove into the chapter so and for me I think in my personal life like when I hear a song it'll t- it, 
it'll transport me back to that time that, you know, I was listening to that song or like, you know, this, you know, I don't know. Um, I was actually thinking about that because I was driving to Canberra love Canberra I was driving down there and I was listening to the Arctic Monkeys and I was thinking about this one night stand I had because we were listening to the Arctic (laughs) Monkeys while we were fucking and I was like that was a really good night that's right probably the same reaction I had to drive as well was the music yeah because it's something that I'd never seen before like I'd never seen a book that was so integrated with the music and you can tell that like she thought very deeply about how every song would impact each chapter and it just added like another level of elevation to each chapter and drive because like you could you could i don't know it created like a like an energy like you listen you hear the song and you go okay this is the energy of the chapter i'm going into and it like radiated through the writing yeah and even if i listen to the plays because it's been a while since i've read drive um, obviously with reverse coming out I think a lot of people are discovering drive and reverse together which is like it's cool because it's a totally different experience than what I have because my drive experience was years ago uh, and then I read reverse when it came out so I you know there's a big you know, three or four years in between um, but for me like you know, when I listen to the playlist now for drive it's funny because I'll hear a song from the playlist and it'll actually transport me back to the scene in the book you know, or like <laughs> I, in my head, I'm picturing like, you know, Stella driving in her car or, you know, um, especially the song Drive um, and that one kind of scene in Drive, you know, like um, she had described earlier where, you know, she goes into the bar and he's singing Drive and that particular, because um, it's not the cars, uh, but it's the Deftones. It's, is it the Verve? No, Deftones, that's right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Deftones. So like literally the day after, <laughs> <laughs> the day after I Doesn't, read Drive the Bittersweet Symphony I think that's why I got confused uh, right, that's right. called the Bittersweet Symphony duet yes yes. so the day after I read Drive for the first time I was literally like out running errands I had the playlist because I was still all about the book and I remember clear as day I'll never forget this I was stopped at a red light just like you know red light you gotta stop and that song comes on drive the deftones cover and i burst into tears at a red light and i'm sure the people beside me were like this girl has lost it because yeah it just was one of those books that just and then i you know after that i was like i was on a mission after that and i wouldn't shut up about drive you know three or four years ago um i still won't shut up about drive honestly but like at the time that it released i literally was going into people's dms and being like yeah you need to read this book like i was (laughs) i was the biggest pain in the ass like i I was almost to the point where i was harassing people like you have to read this book (laughs) so then when i discovered you know when she came to me and told me that reverse was coming out which was just like literally whatever i think she told me earlier this year okay and i was like oh my god right and then there's that worry because i love drive so much so it's like okay you know, when you have any kind of follow-up to a book or a story that you love or a movie or whatever, you're always nervous about, if this doesn't go well, like, I'm going to be so upset, right? But um, And then when she told me it was 77 fucking chapters, like, when I was reading <laughs> reverse, I kept looking at what chapter I was on, and I'm like, oh my god, I still have, like, 60 fucking chapters. Like, I knew that she was going to put us through the ringer, so. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It was, I, we seem to have, like, 
quite a weird thing on the podcast where every time I book, pick a book, I don't realize that it's a duet because Never. I picked Drive ages ago because I read Ravenhood by Kate Stewart and I was like, oh my God, she's amazing. I'll read some more of her books. Read Drive, loved it last year. It would have been, yeah, it would have been either really early this year or last year. And so I put it forward for the podcast. And I think at that point, we didn't even know that it was a duet. And then all it was going through and she was like, gee, you've done it again. It's another duet. We're going to have to do another two books in one episode. But yeah, I'm I am happy that we ultimately ended up doing it. Yeah, and I don't Are think you... I, yeah. I don't think she she I'm announced not. that it was gonna be a duet until just like Because she wasn't gonna do it as a before. duet. She says it in the book. It, yeah, she it works swore as she a would never write it. Yes, yeah. she does. So I have to ask, when you read Drive, this is the question I always ask everybody. Were you team Reed or were you team Nate? <sighs> I was team Reed. I was team Nate up until the the singing of the drive scene, and then I was like Reed. Like like I shifted because at first I was like because the way that Reed is portrayed is like kind of awful. He's like got problems with substances. Like he doesn't seem like very stable. And I'm like, well, then they're not going to be good together. And Nate is obviously the better choice for her. And then, yeah, obviously that scene where she like lets go of his hand. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm Reed now. <laughs> Once he gets his shit together a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ola? Um, I was more like go out and be independent and grow the fuck up <laughs> and then choose someone. Because <laughs> I, I was like, she, these people are not yeah. ready for relationships. That was me. But honestly, like, you know what? Her personality probably suited Reed more, so why not? But I still liked Nate. I probably would choose Nate for myself, but for somebody as, I would say, somewhat immature as Stella, Reed seems like the best choice. What about you, Yeah, Yeah, I was team Reed all the way, but I... (laughs) I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm like, give me the damaged, like emotionally the bad boy yeah emotionally i don't know what the word is like you know stunted. unavailable stunted. Yeah, emotionally stunted Immature. you know guys that like have no business being in relationships but for whatever reason point. when i'm reading a romance book those are the ones i grab in real life i'd be like like fuck off you know like i would tell my friend to to like okay kick him to the curb like seriously don't waste your time but for whatever reason when I read a romance book those are the men that I'm like yes you know you know I'm 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 like I'm one of those girls that's like the typical you can fix him you know? <laughs> can I just say though in in reverse my mind was completely changed because I fucking hated Nate throughout the whole book he made me so irrationally angry He's such a piece of shit. Because I was like, like actual listen. piece of shit. But then, yeah. but then there were, but there were also moments for me where, like, okay, so at the beginning where she's discovering the emails and stuff, I'm my, you know, my heart is going out to Nate at that point at the very beginning, um, mm. and then later on, like the Super Bowl, I was like, you know, I, I felt for him yeah. a little bit because I'm like, they're singing the song that you know in that bar it. For him, it's like that's got to be traumatic. I mean, do I agree with any of his any of the things that he did? No, like he was such a dick. Like, you know, and I still I still maintain that he, you know, that he was being completely like he wasn't the grown up that he should have been. Right, like get over it. Like it was years ago. 
you know, let your daughter be happy. Um, but I do love kind of at the end, this is total, but I guess you said, don't listen if it's, you're going to be spoiled. But Yeah. Um, it's hard to talk about a book without spoiling it. <laughs> like the, the, you know, like their Mexication and how that, I, I, I kind of like how she, how the two of them, I'm referring to Reed and Nate and how they kind of, they, they put that together, right? They sneakily got those two to Mexico because they, you know, basically got their heads out of their ass and realized like, you know. Oh, like we fucked up. Like, yeah. 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 I think it's all like, with um I've noticed a sort of theme that was in drive and then again with reverse it's like pretty much just all about timing like I feel and I feel like even in Ravenhood which I've read by Kate Stewart as well like a lot of it is about where the different characters are at different points in time so like they'll quite often sort of like have like a rocky start because they're not ready for it they'll split up and they'll go do other things and then they'll eventually come back together once they've both sort of like hit their stride independently which is quite cool quite cool to read should we talk about our favorite parts? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who else, do you want to start, Ola? Um, sure. My favorite part in Drive is when Stella gave herself some time to grow up and do what she wanted to do and be independent, and then she could make a decision. Nice. And in reverse, I think my favorite – I've got a couple. My – Favorite part was when Addie was in the in the stables, the horse stables, and she was, I feel at that point, the only mature adult in that whole situation because it's like, well, actually, I'm the one that's hurt and everyone else is acting like a crazy person. Like, at the end of the day, this is hurting me more than anyone. And then my other favorite part in reverse was when um, Natalie went up to Nate and was like, it's your fucking company now. Fuck off. <laughs> Get fucked, you asshole. Nice. Any comments? <laughs> I, I like that. I like the way, yeah, especially with, um, with Eddie sort of explaining how Natalie has yeah. hurt her in the stable because it is because she's coming at it from like a purely unselfish point of view you know what I mean whereas you know with Nate and then with Stella and Reed as well like they're just sort of seeing it from one point of view but Eddie's like you're questioning like the validity of like our all our whole lives together like that includes you as well like yeah yeah and also she was the first one to forgive even though she was the yeah, most and hurt. she was working yeah and she's working towards getting everyone back and happy back again even though they were all acting like fucking dickwads oh god don't like <laughs> yeah. listen well, <laughs> don't get me started yeah i mean that actually honestly addy was i have she was one of my favorite characters because she was human yeah yeah what about you betty what was your favorite part um, in Drive, I think my favorite part has to be like right at the beginning where um, Stella meets Reed and they're mm. just like just awful to each other. Yeah, that's actually really good. <laughs> enemies. It's a good enemies yeah. to love. Yeah, it's a really good tension. Yeah. Well, because like it was just like where she like she walks in, she's like, "Who are you?" And then like Paige is introducing her, and it's just like that tension, right? Like right from the start. Like I just. Like I loved reading it, um, especially like when you make it through the whole book, like you can appreciate it more. Mm. Um, 
in reverse yeah i have to agree with you ola it has to be the stable scene it's just it was so like profound it was so Mm -hmm. well written like it was such a good conversation and i think it's really hard to write like um it's really hard to write convincing like emotional scenes without it feeling like dramatic or like unreal but it just felt so real to read and it like it just like stirred up yeah, I don't that know, was the only feel... part where I actually shed a tear because I was yeah. like, fuck Addy, you suffered. What about Addy? Because everyone else is worried <laughs> about Stella, Reed and Nate, but what about fucking Addy? And what Just about saying. you, Mel? Do you have what your <laughs> Sorry. parts? <laughs> so in Drive, I have, I think, t- I'm going to say two. Mm-hmm. Again, bear in mind, I like to be emotionally destroyed. So, um, <laughs> so when she's eating donuts, right? She's like, I yes. can't fit my clothes. Yeah. So, so my favorite part, obviously, is the bar scene where he's he's playing mm. the guitar, he's playing the, not the guitar, the drums, and he's and Nate and Stella walk in and he's singing "Drive." Um, and then my second favorite, because I have two favorite parts in, in "Drive," is the other one is it's it's a very minimal scene, but where she was typing up her article, she left. <laughs> And he takes over the, la- and he uses the laptop and he's responding yes! to her. I loved, I, I love that part. Um, you know, and at the end where she's like, uh, you know, where Why she's like, I so miss hot? Yeah, yeah. Yes. That, <laughs> Why you know? is he so sexy? Yeah. Why does he smell so good? Yeah. And then she says at the <laughs> end, so I think she I goes, I, I miss him. And his response is, I'm right here. Um, so oh, that part yeah. I loved. And then in reverse, I have to agree that stable that stable part sticks mm. with me because again, for the most part, I think throughout, uh, especially reverse, everybody seemed very selfish to me, all of them, mm. with the exception of her. Um, you know, I also have to say that Natalie wasn't too selfish in a lot of it. No, she Natalie was, to was very everyone. sacrificing. Yeah, I found her quite she self-sacrificing. Was self-sacrificing. Yeah. And and then my other favorite part in reverse is where she phones in Mexico, where she phones her dad and says, "I want to tell yeah. you about a boy I fell in love with in Seattle," kind of thing. I don't know if she says, I don't know if those were exact words, but that part I really yeah, liked. that's what she said. And I want to yeah. tell you about a boy that I fell in love with in Seattle. Yeah, it's a yeah. beautiful bit. It is really nice. Honestly, that brought I... it all together for me. I was like, okay, I can tolerate it now. <laughs> That was where I was like, I don't want to kill anyone. Yeah. I think that my favourite part of Drive was the scene that Mel mentioned where she types up like all these things and she's really distracted and she's going like, why does he smell so good? Why is he so sexy? And then they have their first kiss that I loved that bit. Like that was so good. And then my favourite part in Drive was when they meet uh, it was when they sort of like accidentally meet in Mexico and they go to that tequila distillery reverse. and net it in reverse, sorry, in reverse. That's and she Natalie just lays into him. Oh, yeah. I yes. actually, that was my other favorite bit. Really I forgot to say bit. it. Because she's so good. Because Easton, I think, out of the two of them, Easton has been a lot crueler to her throughout their separation. We're like, she's sort of been really focused on just trying to get things trying to keep everyone happy and trying to keep things normal. But he's all like, no, like brutal honesty is the, like the best way to go. And she just lays into him about the difference between like being brave and brave, like being inappropriate. And it's so good because you can just see him just go like, oh shit, like she's right. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, and I really like that Misty scene. And then Misty in the Italy. back, rip Misty. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> R.I.P. Misty. 
(laughs) (laughs) Fucking Misty. Ugh. (laughs) Too many Misties in this world. (laughs) She's also a musician too. I find it really funny that she was like also a musician and her name was Misty. Misty. Poor Misty R.I.P. Praying for you. Prayers for Misty. Do we have least favourite parts of the book? Who wants to kick us off for their least favourite parts? I can go. Go on, Ola. Honestly, I don't have a least favourite part in Drive. Like, it's a really good book as a whole. The only thing that I don't like is angst. So that's my personal thing, which doesn't make it a bad book. But in reverse, I have a couple. My biggest issue is Nate. My biggest (laughs) issue is that they grew in the first book and I feel like they kind of essentially reversed in the second book and they became these children that their kids are trying to be like, hey, we're just trying to live our lives. And maybe they didn't go about it the right way. I don't know. But if my parents ever reacted to me doing something like that, I would be like, bye, cut off. Like, you're meant to support me, not shame me. It was very frustrating. It was. It was annoying. It was like, why are you behaving like this? Like, you're an adult. Of course, be angry, but then get over it. And then how, Nate, like, that's your daughter, and you're holding out for on her for six weeks, and it takes your wife being like, yo, take care of your child. Like, you never turn your back on your kid. I don't care what mm-hmm. the fuck your kid's done. You never turn your back on your kid. And he turned his back on her. And, like, by I get why he kicked her off the newspaper. That made sense to me. But then um, the other thing that I didn't like about Reverse was that I know that you guys like angsty books, so I'm trying to look at this objectively. It was, like, just too much angst. Like, there was (laughs) a level of angst that it went, like, a little bit too far over for me to the point where it was actually genuinely stressful. Somebody on Bang Book Club literally wrote, I vomited while reading this. (laughs) god okay that tells you how much angst is in it so can you imagine yesterday i was shaking at some point i didn't sleep last night and i had to drive three and a half hours this morning and i was just like it was too it was so much that it was like physically destroyed like it hurt physically for me and I don't like Because it was like, you know, like, like the difference in size between the two books, like one of them is yeah. probably about like 400 pages longer than the other one. And it's only angst. <laughs> it's like yeah. up those 400 pages. The whole thing is just angst. And the other thing that I was saying to G earlier this week was I recently was reading The Ruthless Boys of Zodiac and it's an angsty series. Like there is angst in it. And I don't mind there being angst in things, but it went for five freaking books. So it was spread out. This was just like hardcore, on the money, intense, no freaking reprieve. At least they fuck in between on Ruthless Boys. <laughs> but here they're like, we're just going to fucking rail you over and over and over again and make you Feel it down to your core, and then we're just gonna add a little bit of fucking fairy dust at the end and be like, "Oh my god, we fell in love again in Mexico." <laughs> oh, this is really not liking angst at the moment. <laughs> no, I don't mind. Like, like this is what I was saying to G. I don't mind it if it's like elongated, but this was just yeah. like so condensed that it was difficult to read for me. And yeah, this is no, for all the people who have messaged me saying that they can't stand angst. Don't read this fucking book because I promise you you're not going to survive. But for everyone else, <laughs> please read it. Yeah. Do you have any least favourite parts of Drive in Reverse, Mel? Oh, boy. Uh, drive? 
I don't think I do. Um, yeah, it's reverse. hard to find a bad part in Drive. Yeah, Drive. Mm. I, yeah, I love that book so much. Um, yeah. Dra- a, a reverse. You know, there are a couple parts that really, honestly, I wanted to yeet my book out of the window like yeah you know I've actually done that before it's okay to do it (laughs) don't don't feel bad if you do it it's a thing so Nate uh obviously Nate made me irrationally angry with how long he took to get his shit together because I do feel like okay you're entitled to your emotions and you're entitled to feel hurt and I guess, you know, I get that this is dredging up all of these, you know, like somebody that you absolutely loved, but you're, you know, but at a certain point, I'm like, you are, you're married to somebody that you love. You have a beautiful daughter. You have a good life. Get the fuck over yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. And so, yeah, like, what you makes know, you fucking special? Like, calm yeah. down and let your, and are you going to be there to warm your child's bed? No. So why are you so fucking involved in that? Sorry yeah, yeah. for interrupting, but I did have to also <laughs> mention that as well because it's not like you're going to marry your own kid. Like, do they not deserve happiness? Makes me very angry. Yeah, and, and like I said, like the fact that he let it go for so long, oh. really, really, just you know, I I didn't like that. I get why she did it because this is Kate. Her her goal, in my opinion, was to make you, you know, upset, angry, all of these things, and. Was it Ola that mentioned reverse? Like how they like she yeah, and, she and maybe their personalities. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if that you know I you know kind of wish Kate uh, could have come on here because I am curious now that you mentioned that I'm curious like was that her intent and like you know reverse when she named it reverse you know was that where she's you know because I think Kate's very strategic when she writes but um, that was probably not my favorite part. I mean, even Natalie with Super Bowl quarterback loser boy, and then and then fucking Misty. I was like, if he's, you know what I mean? Like, who needs Misty in the book? So okay, yeah, poor Misty just got railroaded in there. Yeah, so those were my least favorite parts, but I, you know, I guess they made me feel something. So I'm like, okay, yeah. and and that's what I want. But at the same time, you know, there's you know there are things where I could, yeah. He could have gotten over himself a little bit quicker. That probably would have yeah. been yeah. My opinion would have been better for grudge. me. But yeah. To yeah. not talk to your child for six weeks seems absolutely bizarre to me. But yeah, because, you know, for how close I think they were, you know, because at the beginning, you know, it, her, she's her, her, her and her dad had this such a bond. And the fact that he couldn't see that him ignoring her was causing her such pain, like, I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Nate? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And also, I one think, more thing. Um, sorry, when she calls him daddy, I almost shot myself. <laughs> I cannot listen <laughs> to a child over the age of like seven calling their dad daddy. <laughs> Do it to your partner if you need to, but don't say it to your dad. <laughs> I think you brought up a good point as well, Mel. Is that like Kate Stewart, like, Look, we're not critiquing like the writing of this book. Like Kate Stewart is an amazing author amazing because she, because she manages to make you feel these things. Like so, yeah. we are like we're essentially like, we're nitpicking like the characters themselves, almost like they are real people because Kate is such a brilliant writer. And what was your least favorite part, Bethany? I I literally can't find one for Drive. <clears throat> it's such a good book. It just works. Like the book works. It does what it needs to do, and. 
yeah it just i can't find yeah it does and like it's literally and like, to the point and it's such a unique concept like no one's ever done like this like complicated mm. like flashback music like an amalgamation so i just can't critique it but with reverse this is controversial but i don't think natalie and easton should have ended up together at the end <laughs> oh, so, because i'm already stressed out because i explain your theory okay so i thought reverse was gonna mirror um nate and stella's relationship where they like go through all of this and then they break up and they find other people and they become friends and i thought that that would happen with natalie and easton where they would have this relationship they would go through all of this angst and then they would come to terms with the fact that maybe they're just not meant to be together but they'll stay friends and then they'll like go on to find their other partners and it's a great ending like i love the ending of the book i just i kind of didn't want them to be together I thought like they had their, I don't know. I thought like they had their time, they had their moment, they experienced all this together. And even though I love the way that they do get back together, I just kind of, I think maybe they shouldn't have been together in the end. I swear to God, I would not have been able to handle the thing that happened. I would have literally booked a flight to wherever Kate lives if they yeah, hadn't ended up together and been like, you're rewriting this. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that. Like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Maybe it's Mel on this. Although George was on with Betty on this one. So, I don't know. Mel and I, you and I are on one Maybe side. I just liked, maybe I just like to hurt. Maybe that's it. Oh, maybe I'm just creating an alternate. But that's a, that's an interesting take, though, because, you know, I've actually, you're, you, you're the first person that's actually said that. That I've, that I've, that I, you know, have heard that, that they, you know, didn't want them to end up together. When I was reading the book, I did find that it was quite like because it because they do split up about halfway through the book. I was like, oh, like my first thought was that they weren't going to end up together, and it was going to be like a like a drive esque story where they find like a different soulmate to be with. You know what I mean? But then, but then, but then it just turned into just just a fighting and just <laughs> like sadness. I think that my least favorite part of Drive was when. Paige got really, really pissed at Stella for getting with Reed yeah. and then kicked her out. So she had no choice but to go to Reed's. And I was like, babe, if you want like your little sister to not be with this guy because he thinks he's a bad guy, why would you kick her out of your house so she has no <laughs> other option but to live with said guy? Like, yeah, they were so immature. Was like, this is what I'm I saying. Like Everything was immature for me in that. But Their drive. behavior was just so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't... In reverse, I think my least favorite part, it I like aside from sort of what we've already mentioned, like with Nate being a dick and stuff, is that I don't understand why Stella and Reed were also that way. You know what I mean? Because like Stella, Reed, and Nate all sort of came at it like, why did you do this to hurt us? Not being like, why did you like why did you fall in love? Like I can't believe that this happened. But like when Stella Reed has her almost why, stroke. Reed Sorry. said it was because of his own insecurities because he thinks that she's thinking of him sometimes. So he doesn't no, know. No, no, but I, th- that's not him. what I'm saying. That's not what oh. I'm saying. I'm saying like, why did all of their, or why did all of their parents approach the relationship being like, you only did this to hurt us. Why did oh. you do this to hurt us? Like, which they didn't do. Like they didn't do it for that. And like Reed blames Easton for his mum's almost stroke. And it's like, dude, like, just chill out like these two like Natalie and Easton did not set out to do this to like fuck up everybody else's life 
that's the bit that really got me. Like, it was, I feel like Nate's getting a lot of flack, but Stella and Reed were not their amazing selves as well. No, but they got over it yeah. faster. That's the only reason why I haven't shat on them yet. But, like, with Reed, it was totally inappropriate and it was obviously because their insecurities – well, all of their insecurities, I guess, because they're all insecure people. But when you, like, think about it, it's literally their behaviour just going back to the very beginning of the first book. Yeah. yeah. And that pissed me off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. And what are our favourite smut scenes? Biddy, do you want to start off? Yeah, I can do this. Favourite smut scene in Drive has to be when um, Stella has, like, I just been to a concert she's seen Reed with all the girls and she goes home and she's like sat in her bed and she's like going through the internal monologue of like don't get out of bed like don't get out of bed don't go to his house just don't do it and then she gets up and she's like walking she's like I didn't even tell him how his show was I didn't tell him that his show was good and then she like gets to the door and he's like good <laughs> and then they like <laughs> they end up sleeping together yeah that was a good bit that's um, and the second one in reverse has to be when they're in Mexico and it's I remember the song because it's like I don't want to talk about it by Rod Stewart and that song has like so much meaning to me I love that song so much and they're having the conversation where they're like working through all of their feelings and like figuring out that like you know she didn't want to submit the divorce papers and they work everything out and then like they like have sex and that scene is like that emotional scene into the thing where he's like, I guess I'll just have to punish you. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, he was like, and he was like, I could never do that to you by sleeping with Missy in the bed after he saw her. Yeah. That was good. That yeah. was good. That was a good bit. That was a nice bit. Yeah. That bit was like weird as well, because she basically admitted that like she hadn't had sex with anyone the whole time they'd been apart. But he was like, I just didn't have sex with her last night. Yeah, so I thought that too. <laughs> yes. I was like, what the hell? Admit that you didn't sleep with anyone, although we know you did, but just yeah. do it to make us feel good. But it was just so like, it was a song. It was a song that sucked because it was like, I don't want to talk about it by Rob Stewart and then the Taylor Swift song afterwards. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. so many emotions in this, in this smart no. scene. What are your favorite smut scenes, Mel? Oh my god, it's so hard with Drive because I read it so long ago that I'm like trying to like I remember the emotional stuff, but I'm trying to think. You know, it's That's obviously okay. Just gonna, go straight to reverse if you don't remember. It's yeah, it's gonna be Drive. It's gonna be with Reed at some point. One of one of the scenes, I'm sure, is what it is. Um, and then reverse, reverse. Oh boy, reverse. I think for me is the first time. Yeah, yeah, and I for me, I think it was just like I think the build up to that because for me it was just like okay, you're it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, right? Because there's a little bit of a build up, right? And like, just you kind of feel. For me, I could feel the pull, right? So and and how much they were trying to almost avoid it at at the same time. So I think that's probably my favorite. Nice, nice. Ola, what were your favorite smut scenes? Mine are just like so ridiculous though, but I love them. In Drive, when she's on the rollerblades, she comes in in the 80s thing. Yeah. And then also when he goes down on her in the office. Nate, when Nate goes down on her. Nate, sorry, not rude. Um, And then in um, reverse, on their honeymoon, when he fucks her in the ass. I was like, holy shit, this is a porno. (laughs) 
I was like, Whoa, was what the fuck? Steamy. It went from like full blown lovemaking and stuff, and then he's like fucking her in the ass and she squirts. And you're like, Whoa, Kate, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> and then it just kind of dies down again. It goes like full porno, and then it goes back down to lovemaking. <laughs> so I thought it was a good, like, you know, little mix in the lovemaking circle. Nice. I think that my favorite smut scene in Drive was the first time her and Reed have sex on a shitty little mattress on the floor and it's all very like emotional and stuff. And then in reverse, I think that my favorite smut scene was when he throws the big party after his show when he like gets her to come out for the weekend. And it's like this like super hedonistic party and she's feeling like a little bit uncomfortable, but also very like, oh my God. But then she's like using it to justify the end of that, like like not being able to date him, being like, well, this is his world. He's like a rock star and stuff. And then he's like, I'm only throwing the party because I can't be with you. And then like kicks everyone out. And then they have like fuck all night. (laughs) That was really weird. It was pretty weird, but it was really Yeah, when he's like, I threw the party to fuck with you. And you're like, what? (laughs) What just happened? You guys all read, did you guys all read the Ravenhood series? No. Only I I have. Oh, I refuses to read it. I'm not going to read it. It's on my TBR. Ravenhood. It's on your TBR. Ravenhood's so good. Yeah. Okay, so then I won't say anything. Please don't. I just don't want to know. I've I've clocked out of Kate Stewart now. I really want her on the podcast. (laughs) But I don't know if I'm going to read her books if she comes on. I'm going to be like, yep. Oh, man, you have right. to. I physically yeah. cannot go through Ravenhood because the amount of people who have told me that Drive and Reverse is a walk in the park compared to Ravenhood. I loved Ravenhood. I didn't even find it that sad. But I don't find anything yeah, sad. I just find it good. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> that's why, like if, a, if a book like makes me feel sad, then I'm like, oh, that's not real sadness. That just means they're a really good writer. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, like why torture myself when I could just be happy and read like Lucy Score? <laughs> yeah. Or like anyone else. You know, no, I think I, I rate her. She's amazing. I just want to make this clear: amazing author. Just like yeah. It's too much. I highly suggest Kate Stewart for you. That's not so much angst, but she has her like underdog series. Oh, I've heard, heard about that. It's very low on the angst, but it's still very, very good. Great. Nice. I'll hit it up. That I can do. Yeah. I think yeah, we can I think, I think, I think it's easing like you into the water. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you so much, Mel, for coming on. It's been so good to see you again. Hopefully we'll get you back one one day next year as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love talking with you. This is the second time now. And it's it's been a pleasure as always. Yay. Thank you. What are we in next week? Please join us because we are getting Greer Rivers on to discuss her book. So exciting very very exciting um so thank you so much for tuning in and i hope everybody has a great day and we'll see you next week bye bye Bye. thank you for listening to girls who read porn follow us at girls who read pod on twitter instagram and facebook and for all business inquiries please send us an email on girls who read porn at gmail.com art created by jessica wanny and music made by dane forgy stevens see you next week and stay smutty team Thank you.